Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Ever been in a stuck place? Place, uh, hopefully not in a cave for anybody. Uh, That would be bad. But perhaps you've found found yourself stuck before in mediocrity or stuck in hurt or stuck in bitterness or stuck in a financial place that you wonder if it's ever going to get resolved or stuck in a relationship that's one-sided and you wonder is the other person ever going to get it or stuck in in a job that you wonder am I just marking time is this just something I do for a paycheck is there more than this we're going to for the next several weeks look around this idea of our being stuck uh, and how the Lord through his word will navigate us through that stuck place to an unstuck situation and so I want us to see today first of all this first week of how easy it is and what the remedies are for finding ourselves stuck in analysis where we look at our life through a lens that's analytical all the time and, and, and if, if the good outweighs the bad we feel like we're in a pretty healthy place if the bad outweighs the good we, then we need to work on some things perhaps get us two or three, two or three more books to read but oftentimes, especially if you're bent in this direction, if you're, if you're an analytical person, you, you're, you, you live life by way of analysis or work that way, that will often find itself trickling itself into your relationship spiritually with the Lord where you're, you're constantly analyzing things, wondering, am I making any difference at all? Have I progressed since I trusted Christ as my Savior at all? Or am I in the same place spiritually I've always been for the last 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years? There's a danger in analysis we're going to look at today, and, and I want us to see this, how, how this text will speak to us as it relates to analysis. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you want to turn there, verses 6 to 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived. These things God has prepared for those who love him. For God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit within. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but but such a person is not subject to merely human judgment for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Well, four things today I want us to see from this text. The first is this. 
But analysis is first of all a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. Look at six and seven with me again. He says, we do not have, or we do however speak a message of wisdom uh, among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Not the wisdom of this age, we declare God's wisdom, he says. So trying to see the, the, the infinite from a finite perspective is going to be an impossibility. We're always going to find ourselves perplexed and puzzled by that. Why? Because God doesn't think like we do. He doesn't look at, he doesn't look through a finite lens the, the same way we do. He, do. he sees further than we do uh, and around every corner that we're not around it. So if we're going to understand his will and understand his ways, we're going to first of all have to understand him, what makes him tick. We have a record of, of what he says to us about himself, what he's revealed to us about himself. You have a record, hopefully, in your hands this morning of that. And so to, to approach this understanding of God and his wisdom and his ways, apart from this book, is like trying to repair the, a car engine with, a, with instructions from a swing set. I don't recommend putting a swing set together, by the way. Uh, I've tried that a couple of times, and there's, there's never enough parts. It's always someone with a, with a uh, limited, at best, view of the English language that wrote the instructions. So I don't recommend that, but, but that's, that's kind of what, what I feel like sometimes, that how people approach trying to understand God in a deeper way. We're looking at books from whoever, you feel in your best, your best, most favorite Christian author, and they're great, get them, read them, but don't, don't glean your understanding of, of, from someone else's opinion about who God is. Get back to the source. This is his description of who he is, how he works, how he speaks, and, and there's there's generation after generation all through scripture of how he's done that with man and with, and with woman. And so we need to get back to that source to where it's not just a source, but the source. Uh, he mentioned in verse seven, this mystery about understanding the, the will of God, the ways of God is, is a mystery for us. And so uh, this, it made me think this past week of uh, recent, uh, and perhaps you've heard about them in the news, recent UFO discoveries from our military pilots, or they don't call them UFOs anymore, they're UAPs. They are unidentified aerial phenomena instead of UFOs. But um, I think about those things, I think about the northern lights, I think about the lights of Marfa, a city in te West Texas, uh, about things that are unexplainable, about phenomena that's unexplainable that man is drawn into and, and, and wants to understand better and sometimes I see those situations and I think it's, it's God saying, there are things you will never get. There are things about me you will never understand. There are mysteries about me that, that will only be revealed when you are in my presence. In a finite, human, fleshly, carnal state, you'll never see those things. You can step up close to them. You can, you can wonder about them. You can see what my word has to say about them, what you can glean from the source again. But there are things about me that you'll never get. There's things about me until you are in my presence and are, and are made perfect and holy like I am. There are things about me that you'll never understand. And so to, to try and understand the infinite with a finite mind is, and, and, and finite facilities is, uh, is going to be an exercise, as I say, in frustration. Uh, I almost look at this text and, and I hear God saying, I'm God and you're not. Remember that, that equation. Because trying to understand 
the infinite with a finite mind, trying to understand godly things from, humanly, from a humanly place is, 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 as I say, going to be an exercise oftentimes in frustration. But our perspective has to change if we're going to see God in a different way. Secondly, analysis is not only a matter of perspective. Analysis falls short on its own. Look at verses 8 to 10. It falls short on its own. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. These things God has prepared for those who love him, just as I said a moment ago. We'll understand it better by and by. For God, verse 10, has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit teaches, uh, searches all things, and even the deep things of God. No human mind has conceived these things, he says. Analysis will only take us as, as, to as far a place as the human mind can, can go, can understand, can, 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 uh, can, can grasp and get. That's where at the end of that place is where faith takes over. Uh, the human mind is both a marvel in how much it can calculate and remember and store. Uh, it, it's an incredible device that God's given us. It's also a mystery. The human mind is a mystery. It's, uh, the further I walk in this journey with Parkinson's, the more I understand the mystery of the human mind of how sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it sends the right signals, sometimes it doesn't. Trying to understand that mystery is, is certainly a mystery to me. I've been at this a few, for, for a while and still trying to see and understand all I can about it, read as much as I can to, to glean as much as I can about it. But the more I glean, the more I understand, the more, I'm, uh, the more I come to realization is there's some things, son, you're not going to get. There's some things you're not going to understand. And so it, it, is, it, it is a marvel and a mystery, the mind is, but it will only take us so far. At, that, at the end of that place is where God has to step in and take over to, to, to take us to a place that we cannot see with the limited capabilities that we have, our finite mind. And consequently, to think with our own mind that all we know is all there is to know is an exercise in futility as well. You're never going to get grasp that either because all you know is not all there is to know. Uh, all he knows is all there is to know, but all we know is not. It's, it's laughable and it's foolish. Listen to these words from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 to 14. He says, Who has measured the water in the palm of his hand, or with the breath of his hand, marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord, or instructed him as, a, as his counselor? Who did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? In essence, how dare we step into the infinite with a finite mind? How dare we step into a place to analyze what cannot be analyzed? His, our analysis of him is, his analysis of us is worthy. Our analysis of him is going to take us only so far. And that's because he knows all. He is, I, I talked about this several weeks ago, of the fact that we who know, who know him know and serve a sovereign God. His sovereignty being the depths of what he knows now, then, and tomorrow that we can't see. And how all that's connected together. And that it, it takes a sovereign God to understand that and we, our, 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 our finite mind, the analysis of that falls short on its own. Um, so, is the takeaway then to leave our minds at the door? When we accept Christ, do we, do, do we mentally just check out? No, absolutely not. In fact, 
Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 1, he tells us, come, let's reason together. Think this through with me, he says. Let, let's, don't, don't, don't waste your mind on, on trivial things. Step into a deeper place with me. Step into deeper water with me. Step into a place where, of maturity where you've never been before, and you're only going to get that as it develops out of your, your own hunger to know me more, to, to find out more about me, to know my ways, to know my will more for you. And so we by no means check our mind at the door, but if our mind is all we're depending on for our understanding of him, we're going to be in deep trouble because there's much more than our, than our mind can, can, can grasp. Uh, to think that logic and reason can be applied to every situation is, is foolish and laughable, and it's also short-sighted. However, the more we understand this book, the more we understand the, the, the ways of his nature, how he works with us, works in us, works through us, uh, the more we're going to understand who he is and how he works. But analysis of him falls short on its own. Thirdly, analysis is a matter of, pers- of perspective. It's, it falls short on its own, but thirdly, analysis should be a spiritual pursuit. It should be a spiritual pursuit. Look at 12 to 14 with me again. He says... We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the, by the spirit, spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that are, come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Explaining, he said in this phrase, spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. What does he mean? The Holy Spirit resides in the heart of every believer who trusts Christ as their Savior, who has invited him into their heart and who knows him in, in relationship. As such, when the Spirit comes in to take up residence in you, as you pray to receive Christ, his Holy Spirit comes to take up residence in you. And as such, you have a resource that can unlock every truth to who God is in you. Now, let that bounce around in your, in your little finite mind for a minute. You have every resource to understand everything God is about, what he's up to today, what the past was about, what the future holds, in the spirit taking up residence in you. Here's a problem. You and I don't know how to tap into him very well. He will, first of all, never speak something to you uh, by way of prayer, by way of a song, by way of someone else, by way of just his presence. He would never speak something to you that's contrary to this book, ever. They're, they're, they are in step, lockstep with each other, so he will understand that to be true, true initially. But also, we, we need to understand that it is his role to reveal himself to us and God's will for us and way for us in every situation. Listen to John chapter 16 says, I, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now, but watch this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Just what I said. Our source for understanding who God is, what he's up to, how he works, what he's about, and how he speaks to us and works in us is in us in the form of the Holy Spirit that we have received at salvation. Now, without getting too transcendental on you, I want to encourage you to, to, to get away, uh, to get by yourself and to allow yourself either by a spirit of prayer or with some worship music or something to find yourself a listening place 
or you do nothing but listen to the Spirit of God speaking to you. He'll do that, but he's not going to cut through the clutter of your life to do it. He's not going to work himself into your planner, into your schedule, into your phone. He'll speak to you if you'll set aside time to listen to him. I want to encourage you to do that. If you're, if, if you're frustrated in analysis, frustrated in, in a stuck place, I'm going to tell you, the secret out is the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit of God meshing with the truth of the Word of God every time. Uh, it's, uh, oftentimes, he's, he's never a part of our analysis, and, and he should be the, not just a source, but the source we go to for, for being able to see what God's up to and, and what's going on with the circumstances around us, how God's working in and through those circumstances to speak to us. Uh, he's, he is the source for that. It, 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 not tapping into that, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of stuck places, wondering how, how, do I, how did I get here? How do I get out? Uh, we don't understand the power of our greatest resource of, of God that's in us. So getting unstuck is, is about our getting beyond ourselves, beyond our own wisdom, beyond the capability of our own mind, and making time to hear from him. I want to encourage you to do that, to find a quiet place and listen to what, what, what the Spirit of God would say to you. And finally, uh, analysis is a matter of perspective. It falls short on its own. It should be a spiritual pursuit. But finally, analysis is an exercise in futility. Look at verse 16. He says, For who has known the mind of the Lord as so as to instruct him? That's the quote from the passage I just read a moment ago from Isaiah 40. But, this final phrase says, But we have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord? He asks. I'm not sure whether that's uh, it's funny or whether it's arrogant or whether it's both for us to think God's somehow going to fit in a neat little box we place him into. In fact, if I hear him saying anything through this passage, I hear him saying, I don't fit in any box. Not just the Sunday box that you have me packaged into for Sunday at church. But I don't fit into your box to set me over here on the shelf on Monday. I don't fit in your, in your, in your box to make me marginal at work. In fact, I don't I am beyond any box you're going to put me into. I'm not going to fit there, so, so let's stop trying. And that, that's a source of frustration. It, this is probably a greater source of frustration for men more than it is for women because men tend to compartmentalize things more. Men tend to leave work at work, home at home, church at church, fatherhood at fatherhood, being a husband at being a husband. And those boxes sometimes seldom interconnect. And he's saying here, by, by way of his spirit, he's saying... Will you allow the Spirit to reconnect you to me in every arena of your life to where there's not just a Sunday church God, there's not just a, or, or even worse, when I, not, not worse, but sad, uh, when I'm in crisis, when I'm in trouble, the God that I cry out to box. Uh, or or you, you, you describe your own situation where, he, where you best need him. And, and he says, I'm, I'm exceedingly abundantly far beyond those things. And if that's your only limited view of me, you have a, a look into a very small and unfocused lens. Uh, he's not a God of convenience. He's not a God that can be managed. He's not a God that can be packaged. And, and, and in church after church, I, I hope we're less guilty of this here, although we probably are some. But in church after church, I, I, I hear the, the, the voice and spirit of God saying, don't, don't try and package me. Just expose me. Just reveal me. Quit trying to, to, to slice and dice me to where I look more marketable. Just bring, me, bring the truth to people. Just tell the, t- tell the truth of who I am, what I'm about, what I'm up to, how I work, whether they agree with it or not, whether they like it or not. 
he, he's, he can't be managed in that way and, and refuses to, to do so. So if that's your view of him, you're going to continue to live a frustrated life that's, that continues to try and analyze everything that's going on in light of your life and his life. He, he can't be analyzed, measured, or limited as, as to what his capabilities are. Scripture says that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. Uh, but I love this last phrase of verse 16. He says right before that, my ways are, who's known the mind of God to instruct him? Who's, I almost hear him saying, how dare you try, try and get inside my head? But the, but the last phrase of verse 16 says, but we have the mind of Christ, meaning he is living in you in the form of the Holy Spirit. You can get inside the head of God and understand his ways, understand his nature, understand what he's up to with you, understanding how he's working in your life, understanding the circumstances around you and why God has allowed them to come into your world and into your life. If you'll seek him and stop analyzing the circumstance, seek his ways instead of trying to understand what, the, what these, my, my present life situation is up to. So, uh, it's, it's an exercise in futility to try and analyze him. As we wrap up, question and observation. First is this. What, if, if you're an analyzer, what conclusions has your analysis brought you to? What conclusions has it brought you to? Has it brought you to a bigger God or a smaller one? One that can be managed, one that can be packaged, one that can be understood, one that you, you can get your arms and your mind around? Or one that's just, you look at God and, and your response sometimes is, whew. Which God has your analysis brought you to? Has it brought you to a bigger God or a smaller one? Second thing is this. If we're tired of being stuck, our God needs to be bigger and the Spirit needs to be closer. If we're tired of living and walking in a stuck place, and, and if, it, it, if it is our analysis that has gotten us there, we need a bigger God and a closer spirit. So, okay, great, Tim. How do we get there? The hardest thing to do in getting there is letting go of you. Letting go of your own will, letting go of your own way, letting go of your own design for how your life is supposed to work. Letting go of you, letting go of your own, own thinking, letting go of your own expectations, letting go of your own control to see who God really is and what he's up to. That's the hardest step of laying my will down, what, I, what my expectations and my plans and my goals and my dreams were, and finding out, God, who are you, first of all, and what do you have for me? I want to get that. I'm never going to get unstuck until I see that, until I see you first, instead of me first. So I got to begin to be willing to lay myself down and let go of my own thinking, my own expectations, and my own control. Because we'll never see the will of God and the ways of God and the plans of God when we're on the throne of God. When he's on the throne in our life, we'll see those things. And our analysis of them will start to make greater sense from a spiritual perspective instead of from a literary perspective, literal perspective. But we have to move, be willing to move beyond me to see him. Are you willing to do that? If not, you're going to stay stuck. If you're willing to move beyond you, you're heading in the right direction to, to see. And, and in fact, for him, for him to open up a and having you a lens for you again that will sometimes cause you just to look at that never saw that never dreamed of that before but I got to get beyond me to see it let's pray 
Father, today you have hopefully used your spirit and your word to reveal a, a part of you to us that we've never seen before and never perhaps even considered before, and that is that you are beyond us. You are ahead of us, you're behind us, you're with us, you're around us, you're above us and below us. But all we can see is us sometimes. And all we're willing to look at is our circumstance sometimes. And so as, as the enemy will bring our circumstance into our mind day after day, so that's as good as your God's going to get to you. Would you cause us not to see them or to listen to him, but to look for you? To look, for, to look for what you're up to, 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 to look for how you're at work, to look for what you're wanting us to see and understand about the circumstances that are going on in our, in our life, the situation we find ourselves in that we didn't ask for, but you've allowed into our life to teach us a side and a part of you that we wouldn't have, wouldn't have seen or understood or learned otherwise. You have design to everything that comes to, into our life. God, you have designed to everything that comes into our life. You have plans for it. Help us to see those plans. Stop analyzing them from a human perspective, but to see through a spiritual lens, to hear spirit, to learn spirit lessons from spirit-taught words, to listen to what the Spirit is speaking to us about you, about what you're doing. We've got to get in a quiet place to hear that. We've got to reshuffle our priorities to want that. Help us to do both of those things this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.